0: So they say if you give a man a gun, he'll rob a bank. But if you give a man a bank, He'll rob everybody. The good news for you is Private Money Club runs solely on peer-to-peer relationships, which means no banks allowed. So finally, there's a community for real estate entrepreneurs where it is truly a win-win solution. This community is a place where you can connect with other lenders and other borrowers, and the end results, massive growth for you. You get to build your real estate empire, and you get to do it solving other people's problems. So if that sounds like a place you want to be, will then join us. Go to privatemoneyclub.com forward slash Kelly. And if you want 500 bucks off, just add the code Kelly500, and I'll knock 500 bucks off the premier membership. We'll For over 90 years, we've been crash testing our cars in the tireless pursuit of automotive safety. At Volvo, safety's been first since 1927. We've saved millions of lives with the invention of the three-point seat belt in 1959. At Volvo, we've made driving safer for you and them. Visit safety.finleyvolvo.com to learn more. Welcome to the Kelly Cardenas Podcast, where attitude is everything. Uh, I want to thank all the listeners out there. I do it at the end of the show, but I want to thank you all uh, right now. All my ladies, where my ladies at, because on our YouTube channel... Our demographic is 80 percent men and 20 percent women. So I need my women to represent. Smash the subscribe button and make sure that you're doing that. But I want to thank every one of you that has helped us to get in the top one percent globally as far as all podcasts. I had no idea that this was happening. One of my friends showed me a stat, and it showed that we were in that realm, in the top one percent globally of all podcasts. And the reason why is because of you. It wasn't because we went out and we marketed. Uh, we didn't do any paid advertisement. It was just you you listening and sharing And I want to thank you. Uh, I do want to give a special shout out to Mr. Chris Nagel for uh, Private Money Club and for Money School. Uh, Financial literacy has gone to a completely different level because of him. And Private Money Club, uh, you know, creating that app uh, has created a a situation where, you know, it's almost like a dating app for hard money lending. And so the people who have money can find the deals. The people who need deals can find the money. Um, And uh, Finley Volvo Cars of Las Vegas with Jim DiGiulio, uh, it really changed my life, getting in touch with Jim because he's a great friend of mine, but not only that, he showed me what top-level service is like. So those are my uh, shameless promotions, and uh, I want to thank you for uh, checking out the show. On today's show, it, you're, you're going to be blown away. This young lady is not only a founder, she's also a CEO. That she, You're going to see her if you're watching on YouTube. She's going to smile when I say CEO, because she doesn't <laughs> like that title. She's just like, just say founder. You could just say Keely. You could say whatever. But Um, It is, it's my honor to be able to have her on because what we're going to be talking about today is, is entrepreneurship as far as uh, in the female side, but not only just in the female side, but also what it takes to be an entrepreneur, hitting rock bottom, building your business and going against the grain about not, not comparing yourself and also finding your own unique voice. So it is my honor, my pleasure to, uh, to connect with this young lady. We connected at a, a mastermind called Prosperity Camp. And we got a chance to talk in the driveway and it was just, uh, you know, what kind of happenstance we we're chatting and she just lights up the room. We started talking about what she uh, what she does in her profession, which she creates, uh, you know, high level animation for uh, companies all over the country and all over the world. And I tell you, as far as brand, she takes the uh, she's such a, an amazing storyteller through the animations. Um, but when she talked about it, she lit up. And when she lit up, she freed everyone to speak in their own unique voice. So it's my pleasure and honor to have on the show today, Ms. Keeley O'Connor, uh, founder and CEO of Prosperitas Agency. <laughs>
1: hey, thanks so much for having me. By the way, congrats on the 1%. That's
0: pretty big. <laughs> my daughter, a hey, my daughter was not impressed. I told her, I said, we got in the top 1% and she just walked away. And I was like, baby, she's 14. I, <laughs> she's like, I said, aren't you kind of excited about that? And she was like, if I got a 1% on my math test, would you be happy, dad? And just walked out the room. And I was like, it, it, so it didn't make sense to her. I guess I should say, I was, in the, but if you're in the top 99%, it's not as good. But my daughter keeps me humble as possible. So she wants
1: I, to be in the 99th percentile.
0: <laughs> uh, Keely, your, your, um, the animation we talked yesterday and I'm, a bonehead. And I said, you know, Hey, for me, a lot of times when I thought about animation, I thought about Mickey mouse, Donald duck. And then I thought about anime. Can you help the audience out there to understand, like you created one of the top animation, uh, companies and, and agencies out there and you're doing it on such a high level. We're going to show some of your work here in a little bit, but can you explain what this actually is? Because again, for me, When I heard it at first, I was like, oh, yeah, she draws things. So break it down for us.
1: Okay. Well, the world of animation is limitless. I mean, that's what I love so much about it is that there's no limits. Whatever we can conceive in our minds, we can put on the screen. And that's what I love about it so much. We can make the impossible possible. Um, with that being said too like you end up kind of picking a lane so there's the entertainment world and within that you've got um, cartoons and things like that then yeah I know sometimes people think I'm doing the Japanese anime and it's like you know I wouldn't be surprised if I was but it's not it's a little bit different but what the area we're focusing on is corporate so we're doing more of the 60 second corporate video we put videos on at trade shows commercials um the 60 second explainer video on the website online advertising kind of in that world so there's lots of different use cases even within that category um could be an an animated intro for a podcast we get those requests quite a lot lately um logo animation um storytelling But yeah, lots of trade shows, lots of homepage, lots of kind of um, creating one piece of content and then it's evergreen and they can put it in ad campaigns, they can put it um, in their email marketing and it kind of lives, has this omnipresence.
0: So I always like to brag. I like to brag about my friends because if I have really cool friends like you, Keely, I don't really have to do anything cool. All I have to do is have cool friends. And so I want to show a little bit of what your animation is because, I, I mean, I, since we've met, I've been studying you. And seeing this blew my mind. And I was like, wow. And I started thinking about now, if you heard that slight uh, little jab that she gave about doing animations for podcasts, she was probably judging okay. our intro is what it was. That's what she was doing. She was low key <laughs> doing it. Thank you, Keeley. I appreciate it. Um, and uh, okay. obviously, we, once you once you guys see this, though, you're going to be like, Kelly. We need to get that animation on the podcast. So I want to show you this. I want to show. I want to show everyone the everyone that's not watching on YouTube. If you're listening, which is Wayne Freeman, one of my buddies in Kansas City, and I have to wear a Kansas City Chief shirt, which I would. It's going to uh, make my skin uh, break out in hives because you won the Super Bowl. I know, but Wayne Freeman, if you're listening to it hop over to YouTube and watch this animation. So I want to show this uh, because, uh, Keely, you, what you're doing is absolutely phenomenal. Mm-hmm. my mind because this is like 35 seconds or 38 seconds. How many seconds was it?
1: Something like that. Okay. It was supposed to be 30, but we, we went over and, you
0: know, but it's, it's incredible because in 38 seconds, you told the story of a whole entire brand and you connected me emotionally with it. This is, this blew my mind when I watched and I was like, I need 38 seconds. I need yeah. 38 seconds. Every single company out there in the world needs 38 seconds. Like that's crazy. Like if you give Keeley 30 seconds of, of your time, she could tell your entire brand story through 30 seconds. There's very few people that could do that. Um, and it's, it's incredible. So I, w- I want to thank you for that. And and it just blows my mind. Now, help me with this, though, because a lot of times people will see someone doing the things that you're doing. They'll be intimidated. They'll be like, well, Keeley just has the magic beans and she has the magic touch but it was incredible to hear that a lot of your journey and building your company came out of things that weren't the greatest in the world for you. Can you, can you touch on that a little bit?
1: Yes. So once upon a time, there was (laughs) a girl who, the last job I was at was pretty tough for me emotionally, um, spiritually, physically, you name it. And I was, in a bad, I was in a bad spot. And alongside that job, I kind of was having a rough time with my friends and my community and my family a little bit. Um, and I kind of just felt lost. I felt like really I hit rock bottom. And I just, it was dark. It was a dark time. And then the pandemic hit. And that's when I realized, oh shit! Okay, now we have a problem. This is concerning. Um, I didn't really want to stick around, and I realized hold that. Hold
0: on, you didn't want to stick around. What do you mean?
1: I didn't want to stick around. I had some dark thoughts, and but you're talking I about didn't...
0: sticking. Ar- Are you talking about sticking around here on Earth? Yeah. Okay, take us. Yeah. Hold on. I'll pump the brakes right there, Keeley. What does that feel like? And the reason why is because most people, most people will talk about it, they'll glaze over it, but they don't go to that place to help us to understand because you know, there's times where you know, I think there's more people than you know that are listening right now that are like, wow, I mean, I've maybe felt that. Take us to that place. What does it feel like? What are you seeing? And what are mm-hmm. you feeling during that time?
1: Yeah, it's, it's just a feeling of having no hope. And, um, it gets, it gets so bad that then you you start reaching out, like, it's so hard to ask for help in that moment. So if you don't have something set up beforehand, like just, I think everyone should be in therapy at least once a month, just ongoing, no matter how good they feel, because it's when you stop going that it's so much harder to get that help and get back in. We, we are self-sabotagers um, that's the nature of us. We, we cling to being miserable sometimes. Um, I
0: don't how, know much, how much of that do you think, uh, is environmental as far as when you were, uh, when you were saying clinging in the, the hope part of it? Um, let's, let's hop into the hope part. And I, I, again, like, I don't, I apologize. Well, actually I don't, I don't apologize for interrupting or interjecting because I think this is a subject that a lot of people just glaze over or they, they go through. And what I want to touch on here, when you're talking about it, when you were saying, you know, that you didn't want to stick around, and that you were feeling maybe that you didn't have that much hope, um, what do you say to the old school person out there that's like, this young generation, honestly, you guys need to buck up. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you need to buck up, put your big girl pants on, and just trudge right through it. What, like help that person to understand what it is that you're going through and how it feels when you're saying that there's no hope.
1: First of all, I think a lot of those older generations are still actually (laughs) interacting with some of them. I just see their inner child. like They're a baby trapped in this old man body, for example, um, and they've never addressed anything, and they're just blocked. And so I think that's... (laughs) That's a big contributing factor to a lot of um, emotional immaturity and and not being able to uh, validate people's feelings or have compassion for people's feelings that are real. You can't hide your feelings. You can't block them off. You need to feel them and then let them pass. If you don't feel them, it's going to cause a lot more damage and, and blocking later. But that's my first piece of advice. Go to therapy. <laughs> Second of all, I would tell them that um, if, if they come into contact with someone who is in that position, that telling them to buck up, it's – it I mean, it just sounds simple. Like, it doesn't help, okay? You need to have compassion, compassion. You don't have to say, you don't have to come up with a solution. You don't have to say, I can't help you. All you have to say is, I love you, and I'm here. That's it. And I see you. I validate you. I see you, and I love you. And I'm not going anywhere. But so many people think that they like, you know, my, I think my parents, they said to me, don't ever say that again. That's like, that's wrong. You shouldn't say that. How could you? And then making me feel like I've done something to hurt them. And then I can't be open and honest with my feelings because it's offensive to them. Because instead of seeing that I'm struggling, they take it personally as if I'm telling them that they failed as a parent. Mm. But I'm just asking for love and to be seen and for support. Some people, they take everything personally and they make everything about them. And in these times where it should be like, that's the last person you think of is yourself. You should think about like the person who needs you.
0: So take, a, take us to that, that spot. Like this is, this is before the pandemic or did the pandemic kind of exacerbate it? Um, that, that you were starting to feel in this kind of darker place. Was it more of a dimmer switch or was it like from light to dark immediately?
1: No, I was, I was dark. It was a dark place. And then the pandemic hit and then You know, it was, like, March 17th, kind of, oh, like, is this a couple weeks? Or I I started to (laughs) pick up that it was going to be a thing. And I didn't think it would be, like, that long, but I still realized, um, okay, you know what? This is the time. The only other choice I have is to do something about it. And the main... The main source of my turmoil is from my job because I have to go there all day. It's like consuming and um, very, very uh, uncomfortable environment for me. So that's step one. If I can, and I got this notebook, and every day it asked me the same questions. What are you manifesting? What are you grateful for? Um, The same questions every day, and it's amazing to go back and read that the transformation I made because it was dark. And then little by little, I kept putting the same, I'm answering the same questions, but they get a little bit better. But the manifestations were always the same. And so I knew that I, in one way to create more control in my life and to create more balance and quality of life, it would be to take care of the job. And I realized I never wanted to work for anyone ever again. So I wasn't going to apply to jobs. I wasn't going to try to risk that happening to me again. I was going to be my own boss and never work for anyone else again. So next step, how do I do that? What do I do? What am I good at? And I ask myself these questions. Um, what does the world need? I'm really um, into the Japanese term ikigai, which is reason for being. And so it blends what you're good at, what the world needs, and you know what you can make money um, with. And so I realized, all right, I've got a lot of experience in the media world. Kind of, I worked at a tech PR agency in the Bay. I, um, I used to work on the Coldstone Creamery marketing team. I named an ice cream flavor. It was temporary, but I just. Which, can one, say which that. one
0: was it? What, what was it?
1: So the campaign was S'mores Galore and the creation, they'd call them Creations, TM was called um, S'more Reese's Please. So it was a combo of Reese's Pieces and and s'mores. But I, I'm not gonna lie, it came with so many good names. I think some of them were slightly inappropriate and that's probably why they didn't choose them. But it was a blast, it was a blast doing a job. Um, and then, so I figured, all right, I like the agency model, I like that kind of, um, you know if you can get one client you can build from there it doesn't cost too much to start up um, and that's kind of the world i'm in so that was step one but i don't want to be running facebook ads i don't want to be doing this something boring how can i make this something that a i will be engaged in um and be like let's let's make it make an impact somehow let's um it's not all about me and making my money and being free and, you know, the financial freedom and everything like that. I want this to, to do something good for the world if possible, if I can create this ecosystem that is like a win, win, win. And I swear I was getting like downloads from the universe. I look back now and I realize, Oh my gosh, everything that I'm doing is super aligned. Um, but I chose, I realized that animation was trending. So I thought, wow, it's storytelling. It's, it's making the impossible possible. You know, you have a brand, it could be a boring ass software, but I can make it look fun to the people. And maybe that software doesn't cure cancer. Maybe it just frees up, um, a single father's time or helps him make more money. And then he can, you know, have a better relationship with his kids. Yes. Okay. It's a ripple effect. So if we're really good at the storytelling and we can get people's missions, um, you know, when people start a company, it's no joke. So they 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 have this extreme passion, but maybe they're not getting the message across in a way that um, resonates with everyone. So if we can take them to that next level, just the next level, we're not gonna like make or break their business, maybe, but it's a threshold, you know. Take it to that next step. And if we can do that, and we're here to like use our creativity to do that, then it's amazing. It's this beautiful ecosystem. So that is kind of the origin story. I gave it a go and somehow this, I'll always, um, remember my first client, uh, he didn't need a video, you know, he, he didn't really care about the service, but he, um, is latino and he's in the bay area and he feels like a minority there with all the white silicon valley guys and so he said i will if you're starting a business and you're a minority as a female i want to i want to support you and so there you go with one video i had a portfolio and then baby steps you know doing projects for free or you know barely any profit and um working with some you know, all, all sorts of companies, there were some, some bad clients in there getting started up and um, just slowly, slowly. And then, you know, two years later, we get clients like Pfizer and DoorDash. So but what I really like, um, I don't know about anyone listening, but I think it's trending as well. I'm really into astrology and my sign is a Libra. That's my sun sign. Um, my rising sign is Aquarius. And when you turn around 29 years old, you go through your return to Saturn, which it has a bad rap. The return to Saturn is usually nine months of agony, because it's trying to take you into the person you're supposed to be. So it might take things away from you and, and give you some tough, tough lessons. But in the end, it's for your ultimate growth. And so your journey to get there is with your sun sign so my journey is with libra which is communication and art what is that it's animation it's design it's storytelling communication art my bridge to get to aquarius which is my rising is that my rising aquarius is all about um, using your intelligence and your uniqueness and giving back to the collective so i just feel super in alignment and it's so rewarding, this journey, and I just, I could talk about it all damn day, but <laughs> I love it. It's fun and creative and always keeps me on my toes, and I just love it.
0: Well, let's talk about the the alignment part, because something that you mentioned yesterday when we were talking was... Um, being in alignment with who you're supposed to be and where your purpose is, um, there was a place where comparison came hugely in. And some, most of the time people, uh, like it was it was so intriguing to me because you talked about a story of a family member that a lot of times we use a family member and that that's so inspiring, not to say this one isn't inspiring, but this one was a source of comparison for you. and And once you started to get over it, um, that's when things really started to break through. Can you, can you talk about that story?
1: Yes. Yes. So fun fact, um, my grandmother is Justice Sandra Day O'Connor. So, you know, when I was really young, I grew up with her and she'd, she'd take me to museums and, you know, she was always saying, did you get all A's? I got a couple of B's. No, you need to get all A's. And so there was always like a, oh, she just wants us to do all this educational stuff and da 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 da. And at the time, I didn't understand that. I didn't understand um, who she was and and kind of the weight she carried. And then I got a little bit older. Um, you know, I was always proud of her in, in grade school when we'd get to the page in the social studies book and everyone would look at me. But then I got a little bit older and I realized, oh shit. That's really cool what she did. It was so just, she's just grandma. And then I realized, who is that alien? That's insane what she accomplished. And um, when I really, really got this sense of pride was unfortunately after she already was dabbling with with Alzheimer's. And so it makes me so sad that I can't um, fully connect with her at this age Because I think she would be um, really proud that, you know, I I went from the shy girl who was like, wouldn't speak up or wouldn't speak my mind. And now I won't stop, stop speaking my mind. Anyway, but back to the question. So there were times where I would compare myself, like, I'm never going to live up to her. You know, I'm never going to go into law. That doesn't interest me. I don't like politics. I, I just that's not me um, and she is she's an anomaly you know she's a unicorn so you know cut some slack you're, you're not gonna be like her and then I realized it was it was when I met the the biographers of her book first which I highly recommend because um, it's a husband and wife who wrote it Evan and O.C. Thomas and they spent three years or something researching her life and interviewing everyone um she came into contact her law clerks family friends and they got just they really captured her essence and she has this like light up a room essence she's so charming she's so smart and it's especially thinking of her back you know years and years ago i think that it was a lot um more i mean uncommon to have such a strong presence like that in a female. Um, And so they told me, you know what? You remind me of your grandma. And I was thinking, me? This girl? Like the way I talk and the way I, and I, it kind of, something hit me. And I realized, gosh, that's beautiful. I, I guess I am kind of like her. It doesn't have to be that I'm a lawyer or I'm going to be on the Supreme Court, but maybe I can make a difference for women just like she did with my bold personality, you know? Um, And so I, I love to see the rise in, you know, you see Ruth Bader Ginsburg everywhere on coffee mugs and everything, and I love that and she's an icon. Um but I I don't see a lot of that from my grandma. And I want young girls to to know all of these women. I want them to see what's possible. And so I was starting to brew like I want to carry on her legacy. Um because I I attended a play, it was the sisters-in-law play a couple years ago, a few years back. And they I was crying, I was sobbing. It was really upsetting because the playwright um, he wanted to do what was good for the story, and he made my grandma be this like bimbo and you know, position RBG, who's an icon. I love her. But um, you know, it was a good and bad kind of thing, and that's not how we should look at them. Um, they made just because my grandma was technically conservative, a liberal conservative, swing vote a lot of the time. Um, but I think her stance um paved the way for Ruth. Um, but anyway, I just think that when when he was kind of portraying my grandma as this there was a scene, okay, where my grandpa he has he had Alzheimer's and he was in the bathtub and he called for her. And my grandma says, oh, why don't you just drown in there? I don't care about you. I care about my career or something, which is just, A, that's disgusting. B, um, my grandma, she resigned from her lifetime position to take care of him. Um, And it was, he gave her the ultimate act of love. He supported her and, you know, in a man's world back then, I bet that was pretty scary. And then she did the same for him and it's beautiful. And she's an amazing woman. And there were just a lot of things in the play where I was looking around at the audience. And if you don't know my grandma, you might believe that she was this kind of if eh person. And so it made me really upset that I want to make people know that how special she is, and how proud I am of her and what a badass she was and look what she did. And I also want to make sure like, I want to modernize it for a younger generation like me let's not forget about her let's let's apply it to the new generation so that is i know i just really went on a tangent but she's so amazing and her her story deserves to be her legacy deserves to be um cherished and and um celebrated and so i kind of got a little spark in my mind that okay what is a way I can do this? Maybe it's public speaking and sharing her story, but kind of, I sat down with pen and paper and did some brainstorming and I put together, I connected a lot of dots. And we all know she's famous for being the first Supreme Court Justice female, but what she's most proud of her, her most, um, you know, she's most proud of herself for starting iCivics, which is a platform And it has reached over 9 million students teaching the importance, teaching them the importance of civic engagement um, and getting involved in in the government and understanding the three branches and everything like that. She always says, these kids, they know more judges on the American Idol than the Supreme (laughs) Court. Now that's a problem. And so that was, that was her mission. And it did really well. And I always knew that she did this and I always knew she was proud of it. But it wasn't until recently when I sat down to think of a little keynote and brainstorm that I didn't put it together. She was using animation to educate these kids. And here I am with my animation studio trying to educate the world and and make a difference by storytelling and um, educating in these engaging, um, interactive ways and i am like her we both have this passion and it doesn't mean i have to be on the supreme court and so just putting them that connecting those dots made me so fired up and it just was like alignment okay i need to it's you know she she made the impossible possible animation makes the impossible possible she opened the doorway for not just people in you know, the Supreme court, but in the world and society, it makes women be more equal um, and animation, you know, and me, going, me coming from rock bottom to doing a complete 180. I'm able to travel the world. I can spend more time on my relationships. I can um, do fun things in the middle of a Tuesday if I want to. Like, I just have so much more quality of life and um, it's just, It's changed my life. And so I always want people to know not to compare yourself. We're all our own brand of magic. Don't compare yourself. Instead, listen to their magic and say, oh, how can I I take that little piece of magic and apply it to my own life? Don't compare. Just be inspired.
0: How can you tell the difference between the two because a lot of times when a person gets inspired, Keeley, um, they see it and they're like, oh, I'm inspired. So then they try and do the same thing. And we notice this on social media. We notice this in today's society. It's like, oh, I like Apple's ads. So I'm going to do an ad exactly like Apple and then they are mad when it doesn't work. And so how does one stay inspired, but not become a carbon copy?
1: Well, it's very important to think about the why and stay connected to your heart. If you are only interested in the outcome, we have a problem. The outcome is important. You need to set goals, okay? But if it's only that, for example, fun fact, I've been taking acting classes. Not so I can be a Hollywood star, but because I love creative expression. I love poetry. I like freestyle i like just journaling um i like storytelling of course and um i thought wow acting seems like a challenge you know then i gotta put my face out there i have to be cringe and i gave it a try and so i'm really enjoying the process because Acting is like channeling these energies that live inside of you. They can be dark, they can be light, they can be memories. Um, and it's quite therapeutic and it's fun and, and it's a journey. And that's what it's about. If I was doing this so I could be a star, I'm going to make myself miserable. And I'm also probably not even going to succeed. Because if you're doing something just for the clout or just to like reach a certain thing, it's going to be a hard journey. You'd be surprised when you just um, live truthfully and live with your heart that opportunities come to you. It's more so, effortless.
0: So, Keely, uh, um, the, the pressure, and I, I think that as I'm as I'm hearing it, right, so with with Grandma being uh, Justice Sandra Day O'Connor, right, so <laughs> gran- was she Granny? Was she Grammy? What was she to you?
1: She was Grandma, she but was I grandma. remember
0: – Okay. One
1: night we went over to um, her friend's house and they had some funny name like Nana, Boo Boo, or Bobby. I don't know. It was something unique. And she said, well, I want a fun name like that. And we're like, Grandma, it's too late. You can't just
0: change it. <laughs> You, I, I believe this to be true because you can't make up your own name. You know what I mean? You can't, you can't make up your own moniker and have people call you. It It doesn't work. Um, yeah. you know, when it's, when it's natural, so with grandma, tell us a, a story about you guys, like with you growing up with her and spending time and something that most people would never get a chance to be able to hear that was about grandma, whether it was she was teaching you a lesson or, but she was just being grandma. She wasn't Sandra Day O'Connor, the Supreme Court justice that really changed our whole entire country.
1: I like this story. I think it's fun. And it's the first thing that pops to my head was, She was always asking me, so do you have a boyfriend? Do you have a boyfriend? Do you have a boyfriend? I'm like, nope, still don't have a boyfriend. Then I remember when I got a boyfriend, I'm like, grandma, ask me the question. But anyway, she, um, back when I would say no a lot, she's like, huh, well, when I was at Stanford, like, I remember Andy Campbell, he'd pick me up in his red convertible and it was like the second week of school, and then you know she, she had like three or four people propose to her. She was like, like I said, a unicorn. And so I always think it's just funny that she she was this once once an icon, always an icon. Um, and one of the guys who proposed to her, he ended up being on the Supreme Court. <laughs>
0: William Renquist. So, do me a favor, uh, Keely, uh, What do you wish that people knew about your uh, about your grandma? Like, because you got to, again, you got to see behind the scenes part of it. And sometimes people would just judge her based off of the decisions that she made. So, if she made a decision and it was in their best interest or what they thought was the best, but you got to experience grandma that was a human being that was having to make these decisions and they were based off of not just, you know, she couldn't take every single person into account, but she had to take her integrity into account. What do you wish that people out there knew about her?
1: Well, when it came to the decision-making, um, she was constitutional. She didn't let her, um, her feelings or anything get in the way. She, she carried a little constitution, tiny, tiny book everywhere she went. And so she, she, I mean, her integrity was up to here. So that's one thing about her. Um, and that's why I think she ended up being on the swing the swing vote a lot of the time, because she wasn't letting her political preferences get in the way. She was being honest and, and truthful with the Constitution. And that's the, you know, that was her duty and what she signed up for. Um, but... You know, I just, I love her so much. She is so bright and she's so charming and she had it all. Um, She, you know, got to the highest court in the land but she had a family and she would be social. She had this group of friends where they called themselves like the traveling party committee or something like that. And it was all these ladies who would go on these trips together and they would be, you know, maybe there was some golf or maybe there'd be like a cultural activity or something. They just, they couldn't get enough um, of the world. And there's just so many things I love about her, but I think she really lived life to the fullest and she enjoyed it in the day-to-day finding enjoyment in the mundane and, um, and the not mundane too. And, Going around in public speaking after she retired so that she could still um, make an impact and and inspire. She she did a lot of um, inspiration for the younger generation, which she really, that was really close to her heart. And now she has Alzheimer's, and it breaks my heart because I see her in this frail, vulnerable position. Her body doesn't work. She will have some really bad moments. The last time I saw her, I'm, I'm in LA right now, but back in December I saw her and she wouldn't wake up. And I was so sad because I wanted to visit with her and it just was hitting me like, you know, it's just, she's declining. And then she woke up for a few moments and we were chatting and she she sometimes has these moments of clarity, like she doesn't have Alzheimer's anymore. And she said to me, "Look me in the eyes and said, you are beauty and brains. I'm proud of you. I love you. And I lost it, I lost it. Um, and I just, I'm so proud of her and she's my role model and I'm so grateful to have someone like that um, to look up to and like in my blood where I also feel like it's sense of duty and purpose to carry on the legacy and do things like her um, or just do them in my own way. And I think it doesn't matter what people know about her or whatever, that she just makes shit happen. And she makes she she ignites a spark in people. Um, she she's so special.
0: Well, Keely, let's go back to young Keeley because you, you mentioned something just a, a couple minutes ago that I wanted to expand on. You said the shyness that you had as a, as a kid. And I don't believe shyness is built in. This is an argument that I've had with people for years and years and years. I don't believe shy is a, um, is a, uh, is a trait um, that you're born with. I believe it's something that happens to you and especially when certain circumstances happen to us and we don't maybe deal with them or we don't understand them, uh, causes us to shrink back. Because I've never seen a, a doctor, well, I'm not in the delivery room all the time, but I don't think there's ever been a doctor that delivered a baby and was like, hey, hey we got a shy one here, <laughs> Right. And it happens because of circumstance. And I think this is a, pl- a place that a lot of women especially don't go to. They just say, oh, no, I'm shy. That's a part of my personality. And I'm like, no, that's your conditions. That's your surroundings. So let's go back to young Keely. You said you were shy. What were the contributing factors to you being shy?
1: That's, that's a good question. So I agree with you. I never really thought about it that way. But I completely agree with you that – were conditioned to be shy. I think that, because I heard stories about when I was a baby and, and very, very young, I was a little firecracker, you know? And then I think probably around seven, seven years old to 14, those were the shy years. And I think that is also, the age where you're kind of more uh, you're not a toddler anymore. You're like, a, and I think I also, I went to Catholic grade school and you know, you know, there's all these rules and ways you have to be, and you need to be good or you go to hell. You need to go to church every Sunday or you go to hell. It's a mortal sin. And if you skip one week and then you take the sacrament, then you're going to go to hell because that's a mortal sin. Cause you didn't go to confession. And, and so I'm like, Ah, I need to get good grades, I need to do this, this and this. I think that was a contributing factor. I also, um, my parents have always put a lot of pressure on me to perform and and be, be a good reflection on them to others. And I think that I probably didn't feel safe to be truly who I was. Um, and it was probably terrifying because i would be afraid that i might lose love or or lose support if i showed who i really was i'm in therapy so i do a lot of this studying and whatever but um yeah i think definitely the conditions made me feel the conditioning made me feel like i, I was trapped Um, And then I tell myself these stories. I'm shy. I'm shy. I remember I would have playdates with friends in like seventh grade and I would be so scared. Like, what are the parents? Their parents are going to talk to me. I won't know what to say. Uh, And I was so gosh darn awkward. Um, And then I got to high school and I my path was actually to go to um, Xavier, the all girls Catholic high school. Um, that's where everyone goes from my grade school.
0: I but tried my- to go. I tried to go to an all girls Catholic school too. Uh, yeah, high school. I tried, but they they didn't admit me.
1: <laughs> well, I think you come to the public school with me. You'll have a better time.
0: <laughs> I would have wanted to go to the all girls school. Come on, Keely.
1: So anyway, I um, I didn't end up going there because my older sister went there, and they kind of gave her a hard time because. Of my grandma, um, because she was the swing vote on abortion. So that uh, ultimately makes us all evil. So, um, you know, I decided not to go there and have all those nuns give me a hard time for four years. And it was the best decision. But when I got to Arcadia High School, the, the public high school, I didn't know anyone. And I was so shy. And I had no friends. I would eat lunch in the bathroom sometimes. And at the time, I I think I must have been like protecting myself because at the time, I didn't find that embarrassing. I made up things like, oh, there was air conditioning in there. And um, it was fun eating in the, the theater auditorium bathroom because no one was in there. Like, okay. Anyway, so I just remember one day I was telling my parents, I hate this school. I'm crying. I'm crying. And they said, well, you, where are you going to go? you going to go to that school or that school? And I realized, oh my gosh, those sound worse. Um, and so I was just crying and crying. I let myself feel, I let it all out. And I just, I put my big girl panties on and I said, tomorrow, I'm going to come out of my shell and I'm going to make friends. And I did, it was it was wild. It was like an overnight shift. And then I was the class president the next year, sophomore year, I had all these friends. I was a weirdo walking around campus being silly. I just, I made this weird transformation overnight because I realized it's not gonna get worse I have to do something about it. <laughs> and I remember at graduation, um, senior year, I just started crying of tears of happiness because if I hadn't gone to Arcadia and had that scary experience of not knowing anyone, I wouldn't maybe not be that full of life vibrant um young girl that I was. Or maybe I would, but maybe it would take me a lot longer. And why why would you want to not be your full sense of self as soon as you can? So Sometimes it takes getting uncomfortable to, to make the things happen.
0: So what gave you the strength in that part of it, though, because a lot of times, especially young women, and I want to stay on this for, uh, for a little bit if you're okay, a lot mm. of times young women, you guys struggle, and we were joking before the show, I said that, you know, men, we have so many pressures on us, you know, mm. to look a certain way, that's not true at all. You guys have immense amount of pressure. My daughter's 14 years old, the listeners know who she is, It's her name is McKenna, and being her dad, I want the secrets. Like what gave you the confidence to be able to make that shift? Because yes, it's, you know, I can, I understand the idea. You take ownership, you, you know, you put your big girl pants on and then you start moving. But that takes an immense amount of foundation to be able to, for that to be able to gain traction. Where did that foundation come from?
1: it's a good question. I think that I I truly I'm very spiritual. I truly believe that my soul has always had big plans and a big bright light. Um, I think certain things can dim it sometimes, but, uh, I think it was, there was a moment there where it, it needed to just do what it came here to do. Like it goes, It goes beyond baby Keely. It's like I came to this earth to do some shit and I got to do it. Okay. Don't let these, (laughs) you know, surface level problems get in the way. We create so many problems for ourselves, And if you think of the bigger picture, like we want to look at the problems we have instead of looking at all the good that we have. Um, And And in the grand scheme of things, a lot of these things that we we create these problems, we create them out of nowhere, and it doesn't matter. So just like lead, lead with love, listen to your intuition, see what sparks your curiosity, show up with compassion and love to people. I mean, that's all I can say. Yeah.
0: Well, I want to go on the timeline here because we go from Shai Keeley growing up, I mean, amounts of amount of pressure because you got, uh, you know, Sandra Day O'Connor, the Supreme Court Justice is your grandma, your parents, are they in law too? Did they go that route? No. Okay. So, but your parents have some pressure on you too, as far as like, they got some expectation. I understand that growing up in the expectation uh, world. Then you go to high school and you eat in the bathroom, which I think is awesome, the orchestra bathroom and you're saying it's because you because of the air conditioning in there. We all believe that too. And then one day you're just like, look, I'm going for it. I'm going to become Keely. I'm going here. But the timeline shows us from from early on that you know, in the early 2020s, like 2019, things started to go dark. So help us with this timeline because once you find that you start to find your voice, you start to be this in the in this place. There's two questions for me or for you is I guess it's not a question I want you to take us through that timeline, but also to how did that affect your choices in men and boys that you allowed around you during these times?
1: Mhm. Oh, the patterns, the patterns. Um, yeah, I think that um, growing up in a way with a lot of pressure and in a way of feeling like you're not, your feelings aren't valid. Like, you know, not if there's no safe space in a home where you can express self, um then when someone comes along and, and sees you maybe they control you a bit because that's what you know is like having a path set for you then that is um may not be comfortable but it's familiar Mm -hmm. and so you think it's comfortable so I think that um you know my first my first boyfriend sorry if he's listening um (laughs) the reason we split up was because I kind of well, he broke up with me, but um, I did realize he didn't, it was all about his career. But what about my career? I didn't have one yet. I was still working on figuring out who I was, but it wasn't like um, I had the freedom to, to come into my own. And I think that yeah, there's a reason that I probably was attracted to that kind of control, like, um, being in someone's path. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, um, it's definitely a pattern. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I, lo- I love it.
0: When you I, when, we, when, when we talked before the show, I said, is there anything off limits? And, and the reason why I'm saying that is because like, number one, I want to honor you, but also, too, I think this is the stuff that a lot of young women need to hear, right? And if, and it's yeah. not to say that it can switch things or, you know, cause I keep asking, I want to find the holy grail for my daughter. She's 14. And I'm like, okay, how can I get my daughter not to choose bonehead boys? This is like a, a big focus for me. And, okay. Some women tell me it doesn't matter. I had a good dad. He hugged me a lot. He told me he loved me. He did all these things. And I still chose a bonehead, you know? And I'm like, no, but there's something in there. There's something. And with well, when you were talking about the patterns, right? Did you see the pattern happening? Did you see it and or no. did you not see it until later?
1: I didn't see it, no. And I also didn't realize, so this is a big one. Um My dad... Uh, growing up, I used to, um, he, he was married to my mom and he was living in our home, but I don't remember him being like the traditional dad. He was doing his thing in the basement, working and going on his trips and, 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 um, he had a drinking problem. And so I would even when I was very young, I'd see my friends hug their dads and I would think that they were doing something inappropriate. Like, why are they touching each other like that? And so that kind of thing, it have definitely made an impact on me as, as a, you know, or girl, um, because I, I don't understand like how the dynamics should be. And, and that definitely made a dent. Um, yeah, and so now he's, he's, um, he doesn't drink anymore, but it's like, we can't go back. Like, I don't feel like, um, it's like, I think that in times I, I'm dating and stuff, if I feel a sense of protection and like, um, I'm going to take care of you vibes I I like it a little bit too much, but they can't fulfill that need for me. Mm. Of course, like a partner, I want them to be able to love and care and protect for me, but not to um, take over the position that fulfilled the needs that weren't met as a child, because the past is gone and that you can't change it. So I think that that's something I've noticed as well, is that I'm kind of like this little baby Keely who wants to be seen and heard and and not be emotionally neglected.
0: How can a dad help his daughter to be seen and to be hurt?
1: Well, you can literally say, I see you and I hear you. (laughs) That one is huge. Um, You can do check-ins. You can check-ins. How are you doing? Like, What's new in your life? Is there anything you're struggling with? Um, anything I can do to support you, little check-ins like that, it would be great. Um, being around, being engaged, don't just do what you're supposed to do. Like, take the extra time to go do a little father-daughter bonding. Go do something silly and I don't know, a, a random activity where you guys can laugh and just kind of forget the rest of the world for a few minutes. It's, those those moments are really important. Um, but but not just making everything be special. It's also in the mundane, because I think sometimes parents can can think, oh, I do so much for my kids, and look, I took them to Disneyland or um, I bought them the new iPad. But that's not what, that's not how it works. If you're not, um, you know, sitting with them at home and just speaking with them like that, or if you um, don't show up for their basketball games. Or if you're just on your phone or always working, and it's it's in the mundane, I think that the real beauty um, comes through. Because you know what they always say: it's not um, what people say; it's what it's how people make you feel. And so, giving gifts and and doing all these things, it doesn't actually create that emotional bond that connection does.
0: So. So, Keely, you do uh, keynote speaking, um, and you're, you're working through that part of your career also, um, in, in addition to the animation, because I believe that you telling your story is going to be so incredible. Imagine you're in a keynote, uh, you're doing a keynote, you got your audience is every parent in the world, and there's translators there, because if there's uh, every parent in the world, then there's different languages, but there's translators there to translate your words. You've got thirty seconds Ooh. to talk to the parents. Every single person in the room is a parent of a of a, a young girl. What would you say to them?
1: <laughs> Putting me on the spot, Kelly. I like it though. I like the challenge. I would say, these, these are the foundational years. These, these years count more than anything. You love your children. We all know you do. There's a difference between loving them in the way that you think is right and loving them in the way that they need. So go to therapy, heal your inner child, and then, then, no, I would say just. Tell them you love them. It's so simple. Tell them you love them and listen to them. You there's no remove the power dynamic. Treat to the treat them like an adult. You are not it it doesn't feel safe to have this power dynamic where they have to like look at you as, you know, they're gonna die if they don't um agree to everything you say. You might have differing opinions. Listen and be compassionate. I know I went over the 30 seconds, but Come on. I need six hours.
0: <laughs> All right. So uh, imagine you stay on the stage. You get done. Everyone walks out. They clap, standing ovation. Um, I'm I'm the producer of this event, right? It's a really cool stage. We would probably have Lenny Kravitz play before. Um, <laughs> and I would have had De La Soul, but uh, uh, Dave from De La Soul, rest in peace. He just passed away the other day, and I would have had De La Soul play also. Maybe we do a tribute to him. But... It would be a cool venue. You just get done. Standing ovation. Lenny Kravitz comes out, does a song. And you go to walk off the stage, I grab you. And I was like, we got one more. I need you for one more minute, Keeley. And I take you off stage so you get a little drink. I let the audience go. And I bring the new audience in.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You walk out on the stage and the new audience is your mom and your dad. What do you wish that they would have known about young Keeley growing up?
1: (sighs) Ah. Me emotional. Um, I give me the freedom to be my fully expressed self because that is the gift that I can give to the world. And to you guys. I might not be exactly what you had expected, but I'm not here to be your your daughter or or this or that. I'm here just to be Keely. And so love me for for being Keely and empower me to be Keely. It's as simple as that.
0: Keely, take us into the creative mind. You tell stories. You create some of the greatest animation for some of the greatest companies in the entire world. Take us into that creative mind. If you were to create a 30-second animation that told the story of Keely's life, what would it look like?
1: Well, I'd always like to do things that aren't... I wouldn't want to show my life literally. I would want to show it in an abstract way. So I would maybe find some sort of like this happening now, like um, an object or something that could be uh, represent me, like a seed or something that's in the end we want it to blossom, but maybe there are times where, is not being fed the right water or the sun, something like that to show the shift. Perhaps it could be that. Um, perhaps um, my brain, my brain is—I've got a wild imagination. If I think of a to-do list, it's like a galaxy with like boom, 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 boom. boom. Um, <laughs> So, and also it's always easier to do this for other companies and other people. And then when it's my own, um, you know, you have the the pressure a little bit differently, but now I want to make this video and when I make it, I'll send it to you. Um,
0: (laughs) That's a challenge. Everyone out there now, what I want you to know too, is, as I honor my friends, one of my, one of my really good friends named Wayne Freeman, he is in, um, he is in Kansas city. He owns a bunch of sport clips throughout the, uh, throughout the country. He also is a, a Kansas City Chiefs fan. I have to say all this when I say Wayne. So anytime you describe anything, picture-wise, I need you to describe it because he never listens to it on YouTube. He listens to it while he's driving in his car. So okay. I want you to think of an animation video. Okay? So explain to us, like, let's go there. Let's get creative, right? We're going to the creative space. You're going to create this video, that's going to tell your pop how you feel about his, you and his relationship. How would the video go? How would the uh, animation go?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Kelly. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, you see, here's the thing I can brainstorm, but Prosperitas blog. Um, the process we do is a discovery phase. I like to talk to the founders about the undertones and the feelings. And then I'll send a questionnaire that and that has questions about the call to action. How do you want your audience to feel? Um, you know, what do you, what does your customer stand to lose if they don't work with you? And then from that I develop the script and then I make the storyboard and then the illustrations, and then the animation.
0: Okay. So, so we skipping let, let, past a lot. Of- no, 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 let's go through it then. Okay, so the way that I want him to feel is that his daughter absolutely loves him. Uh, the, the, uh, what was the What was the second part of it? You said the feeling, and then what was the next one? In, the, like, in, in okay. the questions.
1: One of them is, what does your customer stand to lose if they don't work with you or buy your product?
0: The, uh, their, their daughter and the uh, connection point in the relationship with, the, uh, with your daughter. Go ahead. I, so I answered that one. What's the next one?
1: Um, and what's the call to action?
0: I want to be, I want you to be my daddy and I want to be your daughter and I want to continue on so that way my children will be able to have a different path than maybe I did in that situation how would you how how would you tell that story because again it, like you tell so many like when we watched your 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 uh commercial earlier in 38 seconds i knew exactly what that company did mm-hmm. i wanted to buy the watch band i mean i knew like in my head i was like oh my gosh this will make my life better i mean that was uh, unbelievable
1: okay so one one idea, one approach that comes to my mind is having a split screen, kind of like us. Uh huh. Um, and I show the difference between between the two worlds. If if he were able to do X, Y, and Z a little bit differently, and then kind of the other side is actually what what it was. Um, then towards the end, I might have them blend together and say, it's okay, it's okay. Like, I don't want them to feel bad because I wanna show that like, hey, look, I turned out good. I think think that whatever, all the stuff in my life has made me actually much stronger. And if it weren't for some of these tough battles, I wouldn't be like I am today. I wouldn't have my own business. I wouldn't be as bold or confident or, um I've traveled the world I think part of that was like because I have a desire to see the world but I do see that some of it was a running away but I learned a lot about myself in that um I felt a lot of the times like I didn't belong anywhere and so if I just kept traveling I was like you know then after I'm in a spot for too long I go to the next one like and so it's kind of sad in that way but but um all of these experiences shaped me. So I'd show the split screen, but then it kind of blends in, like, does this cool transition into showing that, like, here I am. I'm happy. I'm healthy. And I'm, I'm ready to like, like now's your chance. Like you can, you can accept me now. That's okay. Like, I love you. Like you loved me in the best way you could. And I have compassion for that. But now like, Let's take some accountability and say, like, okay, you're right. Let's move forward. How can we move forward together? So, let's screen transformation, show that it's all good. Don't, I'd have some nice on screen text to make it super emotional. Uh-huh. Um, maybe even some voiceovers in the beginning where there's like the child baby voice saying, like, Daddy, why didn't you pick me up from swim practice? (laughs) Why did you forget about me? (laughs) Um, Things like that. But then it's supposed to, that's just supposed to kind of like call attention to, to the reality. But I want to end on a good note and let's move forward.
0: It's it's amazing that it just blows my mind that like that's why I want to take people into the creative process, because one of the times I had a uh, one of my friends, he uh, he's the uh, bass player for uh, Switchfoot, and he was just a, he's a Grammy Award winner. He was just about to go up and, and uh, record an album. And they were going to lock themselves away for like two or three weeks. And then they were going to do the album. And they and the album came back and it was phenomenal. It was the best one he has ever had. But I wanted to know the process. And thank you for taking us through that process. Because a lot of times we don't think, like we don't see that part. We see, hey, I want this. And then we see a um, the end result. But we don't see that process. And I think it's so amazing. Now I want to take yeah. a little bit of time. I want to speak to women entrepreneurs. Okay? And... When you hear entrepreneurship, especially in today's society with uh, with social media things like that, a lot of people think it's shiny, happy, and it's like I'm going to be an entrepreneur, and you know I didn't. Uh, and I did hear something that you said earlier that I want to expand on after this, but a lot of times it's like, well, I, I I couldn't stand it in my job, so I need to go and create my own. But they don't understand that they end up working for a jerk who happens to be themselves. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And so I want to talk to those young women about some of the things that they can get themselves prepared for, for the type of, you know, challenges in the road that lies ahead.
1: Hmm. Yeah. So there are many, I think, little nuances when it comes to being women entrepreneurs. Um, <laughs> it's funny because I think sometimes um, when I'm on a sales call with a women, woman, um, I feel almost like there's like a competition. I'm like, I got to like turn my shoulders like we learned at the prosperity camp <laughs> um, or whatever. But sometimes I feel that um, it's almost like not all women. I don't want to knock women, obviously. I love women. I'm a woman. But I do find a weird pattern where it's the women who can, it's like they're threatened or something. And it's like, well, why, why are you selling this to me? Instead of like, oh, like, how could you help? Just feel a little bit of a disconnect there. But then you've got the other end of the spectrum where it's the, the man who, who's only taking the call because I'm an attractive person. And then, you know, they, End up abusing the relationship and start, you know, I had, I had this happen to me where I hired someone and I'm not going to say who, but (laughs) I shared my story like about kind of power dynamics being abused in my last job, causing me to then, um, never want to work for anyone again and doing my whole thing. And then this person crosses the boundary. And then I feel frustrated because I've paid this person for the service, and they're saying completely inappropriate things, completely. And then I speak up, and they deny my experience. So, what's going on here? You know, why? Why do I? Why does this have to be something that I deal with? I have enough um, problems with—not problems, but mm-hmm. running a business. You know where's the next client coming from? I'm stressed. I got to follow up with all my emails. And then you hire someone to help you grow your business. And then they, they do something like that. And then you have to navigate like, how do I handle this situation? You know, come on guys, give us a break. So there's all sorts of, um, all sorts of lessons in there, but And the more practice you get, the stronger you'll get about maintaining your boundaries and not letting it get to you. Um, Sometimes it's a blessing in disguise uh, when it's not a good fit. Um, But you just got to like, I've learned so much by doing. Um, Like my grandma always said, um, I never was accustomed much to sitting around doing nothing. And that's how I learned. I learned by just doing. I think of the bat starting off. Some of those first sales calls I took, who knows what I was saying? I mean, who knows? Uh, I've definitely improved since then, but how would I ever become become good if you never just do it in the real world? So you can't just practice a script um, or follow a formula. You need to dance the dance and see which way everything takes you. Um, what else about being a woman and entrepreneur?
0: Well, um, I, I want to ask you about this too, because like, there's a lot of times where, um, where, whether it be in parenting, whether it be in relationships, whatever, when we experience something, we will have the tendency to either become that thing or we go away from that thing. Like we become exactly <laughs> opposite. Not many people stick in the middle. Um, but especially in business ownership, and it's something that you said, you said, you know, you you had a bad experience, therefore you don't want to work for anyone else again. How do you bridge the gap of someone wanting to work for you then? Because, does this make sense? Because if I go into a scenario and I'm like, I I, I maybe had a bad relationship, I never want this to happen again, therefore I'll never work for anyone again. How do we stop that you know, when you were talking about the, and it's not what we say, right? It's how we make people feel. How do you make people feel safe in the environment when, when you started off with a thought process of, you know, Hey, I I, I can't work for anyone ever again.
1: So people working for me.
0: Yeah. I mean, how does that, how do you bridge that? Because you seem to have done it. um, But Mm -hmm. I think I've seen the other side where a person will be like, I'll never work for anyone again. And then they create a company that no one wants to work for because they started (laughs) with the mentality that they didn't want to work for anyone.
1: Okay. Right. Well, yeah, I could see that. I think it comes down to the personality. The way that I run my business is, very, um, I don't like to be too corporate. Um, I, as long as we're getting the work done, uh, you know, have your flexibility, maintain the quality. Um, let's be friendly with each other. Uh, you know, let's have a good time. Let's do check-ins and make sure are you enjoying the work we're doing? Is there a certain industry you would rather have me focus more attention on in, in terms of sales outreach? Um, you have to think of everyone you're working with as partners. And that's, I know I have clients, but I don't think of them as my, my boss. But I also don't think of them as like, oh, I'm not actually working for them. I think of them as I'm making a video for my company with their name on it. Like, I want to be just, we're an extension of their team. We're like their animation department, um, because the work that we make. A, we care about what we're doing just for the sake of it. But also, when we make a beautiful video, we want to share it. It'll help with business. Um, there's so many benefits to being on the same team instead of this. Oh, I'm the cl- you're the client and I'm the vendor, and that's the relationship. You know, like. Absolutely. Let's have this ongoing friendly vibe. And that's what I look for. I look for people like um, complementary partnerships where they might come into contact with a lot of people like agencies, for example, who don't. It's, it's really hard to find good animators these days. So whenever they have a need come, uh, they'll say, hey, Keeley, we got a request. Can you do this by March 10th? Okay, sure. Let's start. And then boom, because they trust us, and and they know that they like the work that we do, and um, so it really depends on the personal brand. It depends on on the vibe. Of course, if there's some sourpuss saying I never want to work for anyone again, then that energy is going to come off, and you know they're going to need to figure out a business model where there's not even interaction with people. But a lot of mine is is interacting with people, and I think a lot of the people end up working with us not because of I mean our work speaks for itself but a big part of working with us is working with this person. So if you if you like this vibe, you've got it. If you don't, well, maybe we shouldn't work together. But that's, so this, that's this is
0: a this is a question Keely that a lot of entrepreneurs have is how do I find the right people? And how do I find the right people and do I search for a person that has it or can I develop it?
1: Oh, yeah. I think that it's great when people have it, but you, you need to do the personality fit because if and also someone who has it might not actually be that invested in your company or, or care. So if there's no passion, forget about it. They're just going to cost you in the long run. So pick someone who has a desire to grow alongside you and who is grateful for you and, and wants to learn and, and bring more to the table it's better
0: to work that way. So Keely, uh, the reason why I started the podcast is because of my kids, um, Maddox and McKenna. Maddox is 11 years old. And I mean, the kid is, and we call it Maddox style. He wears what he wants, when he wants, because he wants to. So, uh, just Love That's it. how he lives, lives his whole life. Uh, my daughter is 14 years old. Her name is McKenna. And McKenna's in the, uh, the performing arts. She's in theater, singing, acting, dancing, all the stuff. Um, and she is just, I mean, she's a, a lover, but she also is probably one of the funniest women, quickest wit with the, with the strongest sarcasm I've ever experienced in my life. And she, she keeps me on my toes. I started the podcast because of them, and I wanted to show, I wanted to take iconic people like yourself and I wanted to show them that anything was possible as long as you had the right attitude and the right work ethic. So, what advice would you have for Maddox and McKenna? And if you could use both their names, it would be awesome.
1: Maddox and McKenna, first of all, I love your dad. You guys you have such a gift to have him as your father. He's going above and beyond to make sure you're taken care of, to make sure you're set up for success, to make sure you're safe and happy and live a good life. So just shout out to him, never forget that. Um, Secondly, Maddox and McKenna. McKenna, I love that you are a theater girl. You're in the arts. I wish I could have done that. My parents made me do swim practice for so long. Uh, I'm not a swimmer and now look at me, I'm doing all this creative stuff. I wish. I wonder where I'd be now if I um, was doing all the theater stuff at such a young age. So I love that you're just going for it, keep it up. Um, and Maddox, you too. I love that you're already expressing yourself, wearing whatever you want. Expressing yourself through clothing is, it takes people time to get there. So I forgot how old you were, 10? 11. 11. So that's pretty, pretty big accomplishment so far. So you guys are already rock stars. I can only imagine where you're going to be years from now. But my advice to you, you set the goals. I know you're working on that. Get in the right mindset. But don't feel like you have to do everything and, and make the impossible possible in one day. It's not going to happen. But just take a moment and think, What's the next little baby step I can do? Maybe that baby step is giving yourself a break. Maybe it is like I'm going to do one week where I'm not thinking about any of this goal and then next week I'm going to come back in and and go for it. Or what is um maybe there if you're into theater, you know, maybe there is someone um in your dad's network who who was in a musical in New York City, and you can just talk to her or him and listen to their stories. Or maybe you think of another way, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna see if I can put together a little small, um, short, short, just a little small, short thing at, at your church or at a, a group you're involved in. Think of ways you can get involved and, and do things that, not like I said earlier, not for the sake of reaching the goal itself, but things you're going to enjoy as you do it. Because that is what life's all about, is the enjoying the present and the journey. So be bold and, and and don't hold back, but at the same time, baby steps. Just brainstorm little tiny things that can get you to that next stage, which then can get you to that next stage. And you'll be surprised at how um, doors will start opening for you, and you know one path might actually take you to a different path that's more aligned for you, so surrender and and stay listening and 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 keep doing things, keep trying things don't do nothing. <laughs>
0: Keely, it has been uh, an absolute pleasure to be able to have you on the show. I, I want to give a, a shout-out to a couple of people. Chris Nagle, um, Chris Nagel, one of the sponsors of our podcast, uh, Money School. You, you guys, if you haven't checked him out, check him out on YouTube. It's, uh, you can go to chrisnagel.com and check him out. Jim DiGiulio, uh, which is Finley Volvo Cars of Las Vegas. Um, you have to check these, uh, these guys out, and I want to thank them for their support. Um, everyone out there listening, um, if you have a daughter – share this. If you have a friend who has a daughter, share this. If you have a friend, share this. If you're a wife or a mother, share this. Um, If you're a father, you need to listen to this. Um, Because I think that a lot of times we have, uh, as fathers, we get into the protection mode or the providing mode, but we don't realize what is actually needed. And a lot of times, what's actually needed, and what I heard this whole entire time from Keeley was that she needs to be seen and she needs to be heard. And it's amazing because when I work with companies, Keeley, all over the country and all over the world, it always goes back to those two things. Mm-hmm. the 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 employees, like when because I work on culture with businesses and and they always ask, like, I need to improve the culture because we need to improve the bottom line." And what we talk about is, Exactly what you said. The people need to be seen and be heard. And once that happens, the people will grow the business. And Keely, you have just been unbelievable today. I thank you so much. I can't wait to have you on the show again. And, um, you know, smash the subscribe, the like, the do all the things. Check out all the sponsors. Guys, you know what to do. Uh, but Keely, you have been phenomenal today.
1: Thank you so much for having me. And thanks for listening to all my, my rambles and my storytelling and my Creative brain going mushing all over the screen. So you're awesome, Kelly. It's great, great to know you and um, love, love what you're doing here for so, for for the for the collective, but also for your kids. <laughs> so uh,
0: make sure, thank you so much, Keely. Make sure you check out uh, Keely at uh, prosperitasagency.com. Uh, dot and uh, it's also Prosperitas uh, Prosperitas, uh Agency dot or dot agency on, on Instagram. We've got all the links
1: studio. Yeah.
0: Yes. We've got all the uh, links in the, um, in the bio also, but you need to check her out. Hopefully in the next coming episodes, hold me accountable. We will have some new graphics coming through on the podcast (laughs) coming soon. Uh, Keely, you have been, uh, absolutely phenomenal. And you're officially off the hot seat.